Giving Appeals During a Global Crisis, Lessons from the Apostle Paul by Aniel Barbe. Aniel Barbe, MA in Religion, is an Associate Director for Stewardship Ministries at the General Conference of Seventh-day Adventists, Silver Spring, Maryland, United States. In several of his letters, the Apostle Paul appeals for funds for the Jerusalem Church. In fact, bringing the gift from the Church of Antioch to Jerusalem was one of his first acts of ministry. Paul later organized similar efforts among the churches in Macedonia and Achaia. First and Second Corinthians reflect his longing to enlist them in this giving initiative. While Paul's appeals were not new within the early church, his process has a special significance for us today. The context was a global crisis, and Paul's approach offers guidance to leadership currently serving under difficult circumstances. The biblical record reveals some pointers for instructing members in giving today. The Global Crisis Paul's first collection came in response to the prophet Agabus's prediction of a global Roman Empire-wide famine. Many historical documents situate the event during the years A.D. 46 to 54, the reign of the Emperor Claudius. Darren Graham, an expert on the Roman Empire's responses to natural disasters, discovered that the River Nile in Egypt, the major source of food for the empire, had experienced an unprecedented increase in water level in AD 45, causing a poor harvest in Egypt. Drought conditions in Syria and Judea in AD 46, the other two breadbaskets of the empire, compounded the problem. Two passages from Paul testify of an emergency lasting beyond Claudius's reign. In his first letter to the Corinthians, Paul mentions the quote-unquote present crisis and advises believers not to spend resources on marriage. Then, in his second letter to the Corinthians, he describes Macedonia as also under quote-unquote severe trial. The context reveals that Paul was referring to the economic challenges that they were facing. Hence, he addressed his appeals for the poor in Jerusalem to believers who were not enjoying financial prosperity. In such a difficult economic context, how did Paul present his appeals in order to convince those who were themselves hit by the crisis to participate? Paul highlights the principle that we should encourage and instruct church members to give even in times of crisis. Reflecting on the identity of the recipients of the Apostles' appeals, Christoph Stenchka, a New Testament and early church scholar, observes that, quote, Christian charity is not just a status-enhancing project for the wealthy upper-class members and of no concern to other Christians, end quote. Paul's Arguments Amid the global crisis, Paul presented, among other arguments, that participation in the collection as an act of charity was both a means to foster unity and an exchange principle. Paul refers to acts of charity as sending, quote-unquote, relief, and defines the recipients as, quote-unquote, poor. Acts of charity were already common in the early church, but Paul's approach was unique and revolutionary. He introduced the notion of translocal charity, where conditions or events at one place have an immediate impact on other connected places. During those days, church members employed funds locally to assist the needy in the community, 
an act that often resulted in public recognition and honor. The Book of Acts testifies to that reality by mentioning Barnabas, Dorcas, and Cornelius as benefactors of their local communities. In contrast, Paul invited believers outside of Judea to give to people they did not know personally and who would have no chance to reciprocate or express gratitude. By doing so, he was introducing the concept of interchurch solidarity, of giving beyond specific borders. During a crisis more than at other times, naked self-interest, seeking one's own safety and benefit, easily comes to the fore. Paul's appeals call us to resist this natural inclination and point to the importance of global giving as a Christian ideal. Closely associated with the concept of translocal charity, Paul also argues that the collection is meant to foster unity. Stenschka views the Apostles' appeals as a statement against the ancient anti-Judaism that was prevailing in the empire. This collection affirms the oneness of believers from different cultural and ethnic backgrounds. Besides the cross-cultural element, it aimed to bridge the gap between the poor and the rich in God's church. We read in 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 14 that, quote-unquote, the goal is equity. New Testament researcher Julian Oguero explains that it is not about an, quote-unquote, exact equalization, but rather an invitation to, quote, to achieve a relative proportional equality by restoring a certain balance between need and surplus, end quote. It was a demonstration of unity beyond words. Even crisis can provide an additional opportunity for God's church to strengthen the bonds of unity. This principle has been demonstrated by the Inter-European Division's decision to invite unions less severely hit financially during the COVID-19 pandemic to help those most heavily affected. Another argument put forward by Paul for the collection is the exchange principle. Those who have received spiritual blessings should reciprocate by sharing their material blessings. He uses the identical rationale to justify the financial support that those who preach the gospel are entitled to receive. Interestingly, the exchange principle rests both on the idea of obligation, indebtedness, of the givers, and on a voluntary motive, an action that, quote-unquote, pleases the givers. The same response thus combines goodwill and duty. The current COVID-19 pandemic crisis has led in many places to a more significant drop in offerings than in tithe. A possible explanation is members' ignorance that the exchange principle applies to both tithe and offerings. A prevalent conception considers offerings to be solely a voluntary act with no obligation for the believer. A renewed emphasis on the broadness of the exchange principle could correct the disproportionate decline in offerings. Paul's Practical Approach Three of Paul's strategies especially deserve our attention, respecting the giver, providing encouragement, and removing possible hindrances. Number one, respecting the giver. Although convinced of the necessity for the collection, Paul refrained from coercion. He spoke about the Macedonians participating entirely, quote-unquote, on their own. He invited the believers in Corinth to present, quote, what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly 
or under compulsion, end quote, and not, quote-unquote, grudgingly given. Furthermore, as a sign of respect for the individual condition of each participant, Paul did not establish a fixed amount, not even a minimum one, that each participant had to contribute, thus leaving it to the discretion of each individual. Instead, he invited the believers to use their personal income as a reference point to establish how much they should give. Quote, set aside a sum of money in keeping with your income, end quote. Nevertheless, generous giving was valued and praised. To avoid undue pressure at the time of collection, he encouraged them to plan their contributions in advance and give regularly. During the financial crisis, people can easily perceive appeals for giving as pressure, resulting in resistance and withdrawal. Paul goes to great lengths to prevent such an outcome. The concept of proportional giving decided solely by the contributor, not a fixed or minimum amount, would be relevant today. In addition, teaching the principles of planning in advance and systematic giving, rather than making last-minute decisions to give, may help many to materialize what they have purposed in their hearts to offer. Number two, providing encouragement. Paul gave extensive encouragement to his readers. He employed the word charis or grace no less than eight times to speak about how God enables the believers to give and the privilege of participating in the collection. The power to give comes from the one who invites us to give. Once believers consecrate themselves to God, the propensity to give emerges naturally. They are transformed into the image of the divine giver. The apostle elaborates on the reward that awaits the one who gives. In his understanding, quote, generosity is as beneficial to the giver as to the receiver, end quote. It never goes unnoticed in the eyes of God. Paul uses the expression pasan autakeia ekontes, translated as, quote, having all that you need, end quote, to describe the benefit of participating in giving. The word alta keia, quote-unquote need, captures both the idea of sufficiency and contentment. The needs of the giver are met and they are content in their condition. It represents a desirable condition during a time marked by scarcity of resources. Paul also points to the example set by Christ, who offered himself for the spiritually needy. Believers are called to emulate the same spirit, that was in Christ. To give is to be Christ-like. Number three, removing hindrances. In the exercise of Paul's ministry and the collection effort, some members had raised doubts about his integrity. In response, he energetically addressed the issue through both reassuring words and concrete actions. He was fully conscious that, quote, an accidental mismanagement of the offerings would damage his reputation as a spiritual leader and would give credibility to the accusations raised against him by false apostles, end quote. In one statement, he declares, quote, rather, we have renounced secret and shameful ways. We do not use deception, nor do we distort the word of God. On the contrary, by setting forth the truth plainly, we commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God, end quote. Furthermore, Paul put in place measures for himself and for others to maintain the highest confidence 
regarding the handling of the collection. Quote, Then, when I arrive, I will give letters of introduction to the men you approve and send them with your gift to Jerusalem. If it seems advisable for me to go also, they will accompany me. End quote. Grace to give in time of need. Times of crisis often become periods of heightened suspicion, fake news, and conspiracy theories. This association is beyond our scope here. However, Paul's efforts to maintain and build credibility are very instructive. Our present crisis is definitely not the time to push the issue of personal and institutional trust under the rug. The ministry of encouraging members to partner with God must happen in and out of season. Paul upheld the challenge during a global crisis, and we can learn much from his practice. Let us not underestimate the convincing power of God's grace at any time. For these and many other resources for pastors and church leaders, please visit ministrymagazine.org.